We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What's up, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to what is a maiden voyage uh, for yours truly. I am the host of this particular show without my right-hand man, Jacob Morley. I am the publisher of Packer Report and very pleased to be a Pack-A-Day host, Ross Uglum, uh, as I mentioned, without Jake today. So flying solo, which is not something that I have done on these airwaves before, nor do I, I normally do. Um, my podcast start was from the benches on Packers Talk Network um, with my very best friend, Ryan Hilson and then Jacob Wessendorf, who you now certainly know as um, the co-founder or founder of Game On Wisconsin, and then um, moved to, uh, you know, the Gilbert Brown Show with myself and the Gravedigger for uh, all of the 2019 season, and then just kind of kept rolling with Andy here on the Packaday podcast, but have always had uh, my guy, Jake Stack, Jacob Morley, um, you know, manning the ship. I haven't, I haven't sort of gone off on my own yet. So excited to do that and was basically given free reign to do whatever the hell I want. And that's also very exciting. Um, but I, I, I don't know. Uh, Aaron Nagler and I went into kind of a 12-free zone the other day, and I didn't hate it. Um, you know, I've, I got Rodgers takes. I got love takes. I've got offense takes. I got all sorts of takes. But 
ultimately, I don't think that's going to be the most, um, you know, productive use of our time. And I don't think that's going to be the most entertaining, you know, 25 to 30 minutes for, for you guys either. So what I thought I'd do is I'd, I'd take a, a little note from my predecessor at Packer Report, Bill Huber. He wrote something recently that I really agree with about, um, you know, like last year's class was definitely for the future. A.J. Dillon was taken to uh, ensure against, you know, contract demands from Aaron Jones that they weren't going to match. Turns out that wasn't an issue. They ended up re-signing Aaron Jones. Uh, did not end up re-signing Jamal Williams, though. And A.J. Dillon slides seamlessly into that role, though I don't know if you're going to use a top, you know, 60 pick on your number two future tailback, I think. They're probably guessing he was going to end up being a starter. Um, but, you know, you draft your quarterback of the future, you check the box, and they've been doing a lot of that, folks. Um, they've been checking a lot of boxes. You know, they, they check the power back box with A.J. Dillon. They check the mobile quarterback box for the Shanahan offense in, in Jordan Love. They have now checked the slot receiver gadget box in Amari Rogers, and we'll get to that in a second. But they they checked that that uh, move tight end, that, that H-back, you know, that use chick role, um, even the kind of the Delaney Walker role. Uh, although those are two kind of different things. But, I mean, the shorter tight end who can play a little bit of fullback, uh, can play in the gun, can do some other things like that, that's that's the DeGuara role. And so they've sort of been checking specific boxes in this offense. And that's why, you know, Bill said, and I, I actually definitely agree, um, this has a chance to be way more impactful than even really the last two drafts. Um, nothing against, you know, the, the 2019 crew. I think you have to be really pleased with the progression of Rashawn Gary, progression of Darnell Savage. Uh, but I'm just talking about round one, you know. Uh, and, and Rashawn didn't play a ton as a rookie. Or excuse me, year one, not round one. Um, I think, you know, there, there's obvious paths to playing time. Um, for a number of guys, and it's for a number of reasons. You know, it's it's a that I think, you know, these are some players that that can help. Um, maybe players with not incredibly high ceilings, but with high floors, which is good. I mean, I, you know, just guys that I I can see like, okay, that guy has an immediate role in the NFL. And he's going to be able to do an average or above average job. And and when, you know, you're picking at the end of the rounds, those types of, of things are tremendously valuable. So we're just going to kind of um, take Bill's cue, Bill Huber of uh, uh, the, the SI site for the Packers. Um, I can't remember what they're calling it now. It was Packers Maven, but I, I really don't think it's called that um, anymore. I'm going to get the correct answer because I certainly want to give, uh, you know, Bill's outfit credit and uh certainly want to um you know point you guys in the direction of his intro work so it's packer central fn which i think is fan nation which is a sports illustrated slash maven outfit um and, and bill just does a tremendous job he did a hell of a job when he was a packer report and and you know i but I, I uh appreciate him and his work every day um so like i said you know bill wrote this thing about uh instant impact it came out sunday and ultimately, um, I just agree, and I want to kind of go through what that might mean and maybe make some predictions. So uh, I want to go back and, and look at some snap counts and kind of give you guys um, some reference so you kind of understand what I'm talking about. 
and then want to say outright and immediately that I am flat out not going to make 17 game adjustments, like going from 16 games to 17 games. It's, I don't know, 6% increase or or something like that. And I'm just not going to make those calculations. I'm going to base it off a 16 game schedule. Um, and unfortunately, assume that one of these guys are going to get hurt because it's sort of kind of how I feel about it. Unfortunately, um, I think there's every chance in the world one of these guys uh, gets hurt. Unfortunately, you know, it's it's just kind of the way um, that it is. So let's start, and, and I'm actually going to go through everyone uh, on the roster or every one of the uh, Packers draft choices, starting with Eric Stokes, the uh, first round. Draft choice at corner um, out of Georgia. And what I think, you know, can kind of be expected um, of him. And really what you're t- when you're talking about snaps, um, so just so people kind of get uh, a-, a grasp of, of, of where that is. So Jair Alexander in 2019, or 2018 uh, played 761 snaps. Josh Jackson played 721 snaps as a rookie. I think some of you might be kind of blown away uh, by that. And, and Tremont led the defense, actually, with 1,062 snaps that season. And like I said, I think some of you might be blown away by the fact that Josh Jackson played that much football as a rookie. They were pretty high on him, um, actually, you know, as, as, as a first-year player. So that 700 snap mark is interesting. Uh, but but I think at that point, you know, you're definitely expecting to get 330 snaps from Bashad Breland in seven games and, and, and 305 snaps from Kevin King in six games. I think if you're, you know, projecting something like that, you're really projecting Eric Stokes to beat Kevin King or for Kevin King to get hurt. And I think actually the injury thing is more likely than the beating him out thing. Uh Stokes is a little bit projecty, but beyond that, they paid Kevin King $5 million. Um, it's very clear to me that they see Kevin King in a different light than I do, than a lot of fans do, uh, certainly than the, the graders at Pro Football Focus do. Uh, not that they're the gospel, but you know, there's a lot of folks that don't think Kevin King is a whole heck of a lot. And so I'm actually going to set my over-under for him, uh, right at 500 snaps. Uh, that's where I think you're going to see Eric Stokes. And, and uh, if, you're, if you're doing the math um, at, at home, uh, I will give out, I guess. I, I said I wasn't going to go over 17, but I will. So, you know, that's 29 snaps a game. And I don't think he'll be getting 29 snaps a game. I think he's probably going to have a bunch of games where he has – you know, 62 snaps, which is all of them, because Kevin King is sitting. But by the end of, of this season, it's going to be right around that 500 mark because uh, I don't think he starts the season as the starter. Um, and I just I don't know where you slide him in unless Jair or Kevin are hurt because I don't think he's a nickel. I think he's definitely an outside corner, um, somebody that's probably going to let press and, and be physical and, and you know, kind of slide into that Kadar Holman role right away where he's definitely the fourth corner, but he's an outside corner because Chandon Sullivan and Shamar Jean Charles and Darnell Savage are, you know, potentially playing that star role. Uh, I don't see a ton of, of, of really reps for Stokes, even in dime. I think there's a chance in dime um, if they do 
forego a three safety dime and go with a four corner dime that you could definitely say Jair and Chandon inside and King and Stokes outside, which maybe that's how you get 15 or 18 snaps in a week where everyone's healthy. And like I said, get to that 500 snap mark. But that is right where um, I have uh, Mr. Eric Stokes. As far as the second round draft choice, Josh Myers, I am going to not at all go out on a limb, and I'm going to suggest that Myers uh, wins the um, you know wins wins the job, wins the uh, starting center position. Which last year, uh, you know, Corey Lindsley played 734 snaps in 13 games. Josh Myers has been off to injured. Yeah, I'll say he misses four games. I'll set that number right at 700 snaps uh, for Josh Myers. I think um, they believe in him. I think they used, you know, a top draft choice on him. And ultimately, you know, I think they're looking at a way to maybe move on from Lucas Patrick. I, I like Lucas Patrick plenty as a backup interior offensive lineman. But when you're actually counting on him as one of your top five, I think that's really kind of dangerous. And and so, um, and the reason I say that is because the young man just is short and he has short arms, uh, which sometimes can work at center. Like Corey Lindsay was six three, he had stocky arms and giant biceps, and 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 obviously was was last year the best center in in football. But when you when you get a guy like Patrick and you have to play him at guard, the longer and better interior pass rushers are just going to eat him alive. And and you saw him really struggle um, to to get hands on guys that were. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For elite interior rushers, and that's really, you know, potentially even more problematic than a tackle that can't block is an interior lineman that can't block because that's a straight line to the quarterback and, and that causes problems really immediately. So like I said, I think Myers, you know, if, if he can be an average, that's what you hope, you know, when you take a guy in the second round at center, you're definitely hoping he's an average center as a rookie and then moves his way to above average, maybe pro bowl level. Um, that would be the ideal career path but you're just hoping that he can be serviceable as a rookie. And and I think he can. And ultimately, uh, ultimately, I think those 700 snaps that Corey Lindsley got a year ago 
while missing three games, I think that makes you know plenty of sense. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. All right, going back to 2011 now for Amari Rodgers, and the reason I'm doing that is because I want to get a good look at Randall Cobb's role. Um, right now it's telling me that the Packers, if let's say T.J. Lang played every snap, and I don't know as though he did, but if T.J. Lang played every snap, that was 1,033 snaps. And so I think even though – so Randall Cobb had 274 offensive snaps, and – you know, that was a team with Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, Donald Driver, James Jones on the team. With the exception of Tay being better than Jennings, you know, the rest of those guys aren't walking through that door. I'd, I'd obviously take, um, you know, Jordy over MVS. Uh, Drive, even at that stage in his career, was was probably more useful, you know, than than eq or 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 lazard i take that back actually 2011 driver was kind of a mascot phenomenal player obvious packers hall of famer was talking about the last year of his career but you know james jones was was probably a stronger version of of anything i mean we're talking about the 2011 offense here you know um although the 2000 20 offense was the number one offense in the league. Uh, but the, the, still, those two offenses are in dis- different stratospheres. I mean, you know, they're they're different for sure, um, even with Marshall Newhouse out there getting killed constantly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's where I'm at. I'm at 400 snaps for, uh, for Amari Rodgers, maybe even 450. I, I just think, you know, base – I think they're going to use a lot of two tight end, two receiver looks. Um, you know, I think 17 is always going to be on the field. But Lazard is such a great blocker. MVS is such a deep threat. And they've just got so many options at tight end right now that I don't think you're going to see a ton of 11 personnel. You'll see it. And that's why I'm saying if they play 1,000 snaps, you know, Amari Rodgers is going to be a 40% snaps guy. I, I think he is, but at the same time, like I think there's tons and tons of personnel groupings that don't have a slot on the field at all. Um, I think you're going to see Aaron Jones play with, um, uh, you know, Sternberger and Big Dog, uh, or Deguara and Tunyon, or Tunyon and Sternberger, or a lot, you know, Tunyon and Big Dog, um, even some some pony personnel where. 
you know, or not pony personnel, but splitback stuff where Deguara is one of the splitbacks or Deguara is playing fullback. Like I just think there's all sorts of stuff that the Packers are going to do from heavy formations to get opposing teams' base defenses on the field, keep them out of nickel, keep them out of dime, and then, you know, get get in positions where uh, you know, two down run stuffing linebackers are, are trying to cover Deguara vertically or trying to cover Tanya and, um, or, you know, Big Dog is, is out there on a 240 pound linebacker, a 220 pound linebacker just eating guys for breakfast. I just don't know how often they're truly going to have an X, a Z, and a slot. Um, so that's why, you know, I, I think. Rodgers is in that 40% range because even if they play 11 personnel 60% of the time, I still think you're going to see, you know, uh, Lazard and MVS and and uh, Tay out there. Or Tay and Aaron Jones in the slot with um, A.J. Dillon at tailback with MVS or Lazard or EQ or whoever the hell makes the team. Uh, Devin Funches even, you know, so that's why I am higher on him as a rookie as Randall Cobb, because Jennings, Nelson, Driver and Jones were in front of Randall Cobb in 2011. You know that those guys aren't walking through that door with the exception of, you know, frankly, Devontae being a step ahead of all of those guys as a true number one, um, even as well as Jordy played that year. Uh, his pro football focus numbers in 2011 were absolutely off the charts. So, again, Amari Rodgers, 400, 450 snaps, something right in that uh, vicinity as, as I think, you know, where it's going to work out. Royce Newman's really tough. Um, you know, I think he could be put into the right guard competition if you're assuming Elton Jenkins starts at left guard and Billy Turner starts at right tackle. Uh, I think that's, you know, very likely. So at that point, you're, you're maybe a utility lineman, and if you keep Lucas Patrick, are you even the first one of those off the bench? Uh, are you involved in – like they're going to keep – he's going to make the team. You know, I can promise you that. But is he part of the plan at, you know, at, at right tackle? Is he part of the plan at right guard uh, long term? You know, is he, is he in a battle with Patrick and John Runyon Jr. for the right guard spot? I don't know uh, that he is. So so I think ultimately maybe he has like a slightly souped up version of John Runyon Jr.'s role from last year, which is 160 snaps in eight games. I'm going to give Royce Newman 200 snaps. That's, that is my guess for him. And, and so uh, for those of you keeping track at home, uh, that over 17 games is an average of 11 snaps a game. Again, they're not going to bring him in for 11 snaps. He's not a road grader. They're not going to put in the U71 package for Royce Newman. But I think there will be, you know, three or four games where in relief of somebody, you might get 45 snaps out of Royce Newman. Maybe he makes a start, gets 60 snaps in a game, and you're well on your way to that 200 snaps. But I just, I don't see the young man supplanting John Runyon Jr. or Lucas Patrick or Billy Turner in year one. Um, I'd be happy to be proved wrong about that. I just think all the things he does well, quick feet, good hands, um, ability to pass block, that's all great. But you need 
he needs functional strength that he doesn't yet, I think, have, um, which is why I had him outside my top 200. Now, he's a great scheme fit, a specific scheme fit for Green Bay. And as Brian Gutekunst said, you know, they draft for their team. They don't draft for the league. He doesn't give an S about their draft grades. He wants to draft, you know, the best zone blockers and athletic guys that can keep their asses between their quarterback and the guys they're blocking. Uh, they want to protect Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers. They don't really care whether, you know, the the, the draft mass media uh, love Royce Newman or not. He was a reach pick for me, but going to the tape, it's like, yeah, he does everything they want right. Can get across the face of, of, of you know, defensive tackles, is able to move in space, does not get beat in pass pro. All the things that are big for the Packers uh, and then the things he didn't do well, things that I like, things, you know, on my evaluation, it's like, well, Green Bay doesn't care about that stuff as much. And they're going to hope, I would guess, you know, that he kind of uh, is able to build on that all right uh tj slayton my not my favorite pick of the draft based on my rankings but definitely my favorite pick of the draft based on going back and watching the tape and understanding the upside of this kid which i think is just tremendous um i I really do i think he has man every he's he just if he could be more consistent, if he looked like he looks on all of his best plays, and this is why he's a fifth-round pick, guys. I mean, if he looked like he looked on all of his best plays, he would have been a first-round pick. Um, I think his flashes are right up there with Christian Barmore's, but Barmore uh, was way more. You know, I think Barmore in the last five games of Alabama's season probably put more positive plays on tape than two years of T.J. Slayton. But one's one's the consensus top interior defensive lineman, and one is you know a nose, um, a guy taken in the fifth round, a guy that you know not a ton of people thought was was a steal, but he he was incredible uh, with with I think his his ten yard split. Um, I really was impressed with his agility and space his ability to get down the line against teams running wide zone or, or running g or like you know kind of a pin and pull scheme where you're trying to get around the end like he moves and, and you see that 1.68 10 yard split and his impressive explosives um you know he didn't i don't know as though he's going to run a great 40 i don't know that his three cone time is going to be great but he's an explosive athlete for 64 330 he's really impressive and I think he's going to get all of 400 snaps. Uh, Tyler Lancaster got 381 snaps, I believe, as a uh, as as a sophomore. Yeah, as a second year player, Tyler Lancaster um, got that many snaps in that Packers defense. Uh, but he got 272 snaps as an undrafted. A defensive tackle in that in that nose mold and and that's something folks that the Packers obviously have at nose is, is Kenny Clark but the ability to play Kenny Clark at four I or three tech and nickel um, and, and or even just you know spell him flat out leave him off the field for some obvious rundowns um, giving him the ability to you know let let this man play uh, let. Let T.J. Slayton play. I, I see all of 400 snaps for this young man. Um, 
and, and I think they'll mostly be on first down. Uh, but but that's that's I I really do you know I I don't think he's going to be a five sack guy five and a half sack guy six sack guy I don't see that in his future but I really do believe that in base downs um, it's not going to take him long I mean he's just so much more gifted than Tyler Lancaster who I appreciate who is a tryhard some bitch but T J Slayton is a massive human and moves really well for a massive human and I think as I mentioned, like has one of the highest floors in this class. He is going to be an effective nose, I think, basically no matter what. Um, I really don't see a ton of chance for him to just flat out fail. All right, moving on. Um, Shamar Jean Charles, this one's really tough for me because I really like Shamar, and I get this feeling that the young man could – or prop maybe even should beat out Chandon Sullivan, but he won't. I think they're going to run Chandon out there again at nickel, uh, kind of regardless. And, and so what I see is dime snaps for Shamar. Um, I think, you know, KB on Anto, whatever, Josh Jackson at this point, kind of whatever, and Kadar Holman at this point, kind of whatever. I think they're done with Josh Jackson as a nickel. They understand if he even makes a team. You know, maybe they trade him. Maybe they just cut him. But I think they are done, especially now that they're actually going to move to cover four, cover two, kind of a split safety look, which I think is his best chance to be good. I don't think they have any ch- any desire of trying him out at star, which was stupid in the first place. I thought that was ridiculous. You know, it was clear that he was used best as an outside zone corner. Um, it, if they weren't going to play that, then they should have just taken him as a free safety. They didn't do that. That's fine. Um, I thought he could hold up at corner. I still think there's hope, especially as a zone corner. I, I still think there's hope um, for, for Josh Jackson, but maybe that's just because I was so in love with him in the in the pre-draft process. So I, I see dime potential, um, you know, kind of the role in 2019 that Chandon had, which, you know, was still, uh, for Chandon Sullivan, good for um, 350 snaps, while Tremont got 760 snaps as the nickel. Chandon got 350 snaps as the dime. But from a total snaps perspective, 13th on the team for Chandon. You know, there were only 12 defensive Packers that got more snaps than Chandon Sullivan in 2019. Um, You know, he played more snaps than Will Redmond, B.J. Goodson, Rashawn Gary, Montrevious Adams. That, I think, would surprise some people if you go back and think about 2019. In 2020, Chandon was one of the leaders, uh, playing nickel, playing a ton um, of football for them. Not surprising. I think, ultimately, though, Shamar Jean Charles is your starter at nickel in 2021, and they just won't continue to you know, re- do – do what you have to do to continue on and sign these undrafted guys and this restricted free agency that they're involved in. Um, I don't think Chandon Sullivan's probably on the roster at all in 2021. I, th- I actually think Joe Barry basically probably picked this kid to be his nickel of the future. Um, Brian Gutekunst mentioned a couple guys that were, you know, kind of nudging him to take Shamar. 
And boy, if if, if I don't think that might have just been Joe Barry, phenomenal film, so much fun. Uh, we're gonna move a little faster here. Colvin Landon, I don't think he plays this year. Fifty snaps. Um, I, I think he's honestly, the kid probably is going to be on the practice squad. That's that's my that's that's my guess. I think he's a swing tackle. Ultimately, um, I thought he was really good as a sophomore, and then kind of like never never got above that. Uh, so, so I just think he's going to be a practice squad guy. I, I look at the offensive linemen that I think are going to make this team, and I just right now I don't think he's one of them. I think he might have been on my initial 53-man roster prediction that you can check out over at Packer Report. But as the more and more I think about it, um, I really think they probably just take Myers and Royce from this class and, you know, J.R.J., Stepaniak, whoever from last class are going to kind of battle that out. Isaiah McDuffie, 50, 50 defensive snaps or less. Um, I just don't think he's a defensive player in this league. Uh, I think Isaiah is going to be a very, very good um, special teamer. Runs a sub 4-6 in the 40. Uh, I think he is just a, a kind of a tough player but he's a psycho he's a psycho and i love that about him and i think you know he's a special teamer and that's that's where the young man is going to be um kylan hill uh the love of my life my favorite pick easily the um e- easily for me the highest ranked uh player in opposition to where he was taken and so uh i am not going to look up the number but it it was i think he was around like 140 for me or 130 as an overall player and they took him at like 255 i mean he was damn near mr irrelevant and for me he was a solid fourth or a fifth round pick and then you know a normal year uh, or you know earlier in our lives when running backs were more important, a second or a third round talent. I just you know I think you can get you can Jer- you can get Aaron Jones in the fifth. I was pretty comfortable taking Kylan Hill in the fourth or the fifth. As far as his role though, that's a little bit uh, difficult, and I and I think you know a hundred snaps is is maybe where it's going to be. Uh, as as much as it felt like AJ Dillon had a big impact last year, he had ninety seven total snaps. Um, you know, he had 48 run snaps. That that was it in nine games, 97 snaps. So it's hard for me uh, to project a seventh-round pick to have a ton more opportunity than A.J. Dillon did a, a season ago. Um, the only thing I would say is, you know, Aaron Jones has, has shown the propensity to get nicked up. And if A.J. Dillon is the feature back and Aaron Jones isn't available. I definitely think that Kylan Hill is a capable number two. I think he's a phenomenal number three. Um, And and maybe, you know, maybe there's a more equal division. You you look at uh, last year, you've got 540 snaps for Aaron Jones, uh, 418 snaps for Jamal Williams, and then 97 snaps for A.J. Dillon. Uh, If you add all those up, it's right around 1,000 snaps, and maybe they, you know, bring down AJ's a little bit or uh I suppose shoot Aaron Jones and AJ same okay I meant Aaron Jones but AJ is AJ Dillon so you know maybe it's not a 500 400 thing maybe it's 450 snaps for Aaron Jones 
300 snaps for A.J. Dillon and then 200 snaps for Kylan Hill or something like that. Try and keep everybody a little bit more um, healthy. But I just think that, that this team has seen their advanced numbers with Aaron Jones on the field. I think they have a tremendous amount of respect for him. I think they've invested a ton of money, and they know you know that there are diminishing returns at tailback, and not, not because it's Aaron Jones, but because he's a tailback. And ultimately, I just, I don't know. I mean, like I said, 100 snaps, I think, for Kylan Hill. But you go through what I just said and add them up, and I they're going to dwarf the amount of snaps they got from their rookies a season ago. Absolutely dwarf it. Uh, I Again, I absolutely agree uh, with Bill. I thought he did a excellent job in the piece, and that's why uh, that was the ride that I chose to take you all on uh, when my first trip flying solo. Have a great uh, rest of your week, folks, and go Pack Go. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.